0: Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to make marketing, money, and mindset your superpowers, because the world needs more women taking up more space. And together, we can do this through growing our businesses, our platforms, and our communities. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, a business coach and speaker based in Melbourne, Australia twice a week you'll hear honest insightful conversations with my guests along with a dose of real talk from me come and say hi over on instagram at emily osmond and now let's get into the show Welcome back to the show. Today, I have something a little different for you. Normally, this time of the week, it's a solo episode just with me speaking to you. But I'm actually sharing with you today an interview that I did on another podcast called the Girl Interrupted Podcast. I chatted with the two hosts, Rochelle and Gina, and Rochelle is from Savile Row. Gina is from Up to the Beat Fit on Instagram, so check them out. And we spoke about business models, about creating an online program, tips and tricks, and my own experiences in doing so. And I thought this would be really interesting for many of the listeners of my podcast, so that's you, uh, along with perhaps quite helpful if creating an online program is something that you're considering doing. So what I'm going to do now is hand over to Rochelle and Gina to introduce this episode, and then we will get stuck in to the interview enjoy
1: hey there and welcome back to another episode of the girl interrupted podcast we're your hosts i'm rochelle and i'm gina and today we had a beautiful guest on i just have to say her smile lit up the zoom room emily osmond what a gem and we've been wanting to have her on the podcast for such a long time right We totally have. So it was an absolute pleasure to bring her
2: on and talk all things digital businesses and programs and memberships and when to evolve and all of that good stuff. Because as business owners, that is one thing that we need to be looking at that landscape. Are we happy with you know the services and the products that we have? Is there a way to evolve what we're offering or seeing patterns in things that are coming up to turn that into something different? That really depends on on really where we're at. And Emily gives a really great example on how to really know when to maybe add that or to pivot your business as a whole as well. So stay tuned for that. We're not going to give away too much because you're going to want to tune into this epi. But let me give you a little bit more about Emily because she's an international business coach and speaker who helps women grow and scale their business online through her online programs, events, and top-ranking podcast, The Emily Osmond Show. Like we said, this woman is unstoppable. She's up to so many great things, and it was an absolute pleasure to bring
1: her on the show today. You're in for a
2: real treat. I
1: love what she says also about doing things that light you up. And is what you're doing in your business bringing you joy? Because it's not only just about diversifying your business and finding new revenue streams, but do you love what you do? Can you bring more joy into what you do and what you offer? And I love that we speak about that. We also speak about how to foster more of a community, how to keep the, the energy flowing and thriving in your course, if that's something you choose to go into. What are some key factors and ways is it the right time to create an online program? Is that for you? Oh, how to get over that imposter syndrome. I'm you... being away all the good bits. <laughs> all the things, all the things we speak about at all. We but do. Most importantly, we hope this episode empowers you to really consider whether building an online program or membership is right for you. And if you like what you hear and you're wanting
2: to share some jaw-dropping moments and truth bombs and light bulb moments and all of that good stuff, then take a screenshot, share it on the gram at Girl Interrupted Co. and at Emily Osmond, and tell us your biggest takeaways. Tell us what you loved about the epi and just share. Sharing is caring. Let's do this. Sharing is caring.
1: (laughs) All right, guys, let's listen in. This is for the girl who needs inspiration to take action and be bold enough to get shit done on the daily. We're all about meshing business and soul because you can't have success without a little zen. Each week, we'll bring you thought-provoking ideas, actionable tips, and spotlight stories from real
2: people in the thick of it. Consider us your biz besties on a mission to help you live your
1: most passionate, vibrant, and fulfilling life. All while connecting you with like-minded biz babes online and offline. We vow to keep you inspired, sane, motivated, and entertained. Yep, we're here for the good, the bad, and all that magic in between. I'm Rochelle. And I'm Gina. And you're you're listening listening to the Girl Girl Interrupted Podcast.
0: Well, hello, Emily, and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm so excited to chat with you both around one of my favorite topics as well. Oh, this is such a needed topic for all of our listeners, but also as Rochelle and I have, well, Rochelle has embarked on an online course already. I saw that just
0: recently. So good. So good.
1: So yeah, this is like half tactical
2: of letting our listeners in on this, but let's be honest, we're selfish as well and want to know all of your tips and tricks. Exactly. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Amazing. Well, before we dive in, we love to give our listeners a little bit of an insight to you. So it is our fast track round to friendship. We have three hot questions we're going to throw at you. Are you ready? Ready. What beverage best describes you?
0: a long black it's what I drink it's what I love it's just get it in the system and go and I think that's me most of the time definitely mornings I'm like right mornings let's, let's like let's seize the day and get going so I've got to have my long blacks
1: so. <laughs> I can feel your energy coming through the screen via ah! so I'm like she's powered up she has had her caffeine <laughs> I've had my two long blacks so far <laughs> save the last one for the afternoon <laughs> okay besides caffeine what is your superpower superpower um
0: my superpower is determination it's just to be able to have a vision and stick at it even when it's when it seems like it might be impossible it's just to have that have that vision and to go for it and to also help others see see the potential and see the vision in themselves and and realize they have the ability to achieve it dang girl I like that superpower
2: harness that baby
1: Good one. Okay,
2: I'm on I'm gonna throw a spanner in the works. I was going to give you a different question, but I'm gonna ask you I think you'll be able to get this one pretty quickly. But what is a recent win that needs celebrating?
0: Recent win? Oh gosh. Okay, let me think. Um
2: we haven't asked that question in a while. I was like, you know what, Emily sounds like a good person to win. Uh, (laughs)
0: Let me think. Okay, well actually for I get really excited when I hear from my students. And so I had a voice message or a text the other day or yesterday from one of my students. And she'd been through one of my programs and she'd got her online course out there. And for me, like my goal was for my students who wanted to have launched their online programs to get it done and get it out there. And for me to like hear from her that she's like, Emily, I've done it. It's out there. For me, that's a win knowing that I've I've done my job as a coach and a a teacher for for my students and to hear that they've got their programs out there, like
1: I take that as a win. So that was exciting. Well done. I love that. As a coach, their wins are your wins. Yes. All the time, all the time. Exactly. Well, this is a great segue for our listeners to just get, you know, one degree closer to you. We love to go into our next segment, which is the interruption. Essentially a moment in time that took you a different path and has gotten you to where you are at now. What was that interruption for you? Yeah,
0: I feel like I've had two along my, my business journey. One of them was um, I was working in my in my day job and it was a combination of factors that all came together as to why I quit my job. Part of it was I was really, really close with my pop and he was sick in hospital and I was in my day job and I was just like, this is crap. Why, why do I have to sit at the desk nine to five, take a 40-minute lunch break? go see pop in hospital, come back. I just, this doesn't make sense to me. Shouldn't we be able to work our own hours? Um, so I was maybe a little bit ahead of the times then before the whole world changed and COVID happened and more flexibility happened. But I just, it just didn't make sense to me. And I'd started picking up some of my own clients at that point and just loved having, loved having to like, feeling like I was making a bit more of an impact in their businesses with small business owners. I was also a bit sick of, um what I saw is some of the sexism in the workplace as well. So all these factors came together and I just thought, you know what, I'm just, (laughs) I'm going to give it a go starting my own business. So that was one of the pivotal moments. And then the second one was about three years into my business and I'd been, I had no idea what I was doing when I went out on my own. I didn't really have any friends or mentors or really anyone in my family that, had their own businesses, really. Um, So I just kind of figured it out as I went, I took some good courses. um, But I created a business and it was going quite well. I was working with my clients, but I wasn't feeling fully fulfilled. And when I looked at the business and, and the future, it would mean taking on more clients, taking on more projects, taking on more contractors. And it just didn't excite me. And the pivotal moment was listening to a podcast episode and I heard a lady talking about how she was an introvert and she created her own online program and how well it was going. And it just switched something in me. I just felt like so many reasons why I couldn't have an online program. I was Australian. All these people that I'd seen with online programs were American um, I'm quite introverted and I thought I've got to have a big personality to have an online program, all of these different things. But hearing this lady talk about her membership and it was in the marketing space and I just thought, you know what, like, oh, I reckon this is something I can give a go. And so that was the switch that I needed to say, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create my online membership. And that was about almost three years ago now um, and a big pivotal moment for me in my own in my own business.
1: That's amazing. I just want to go back to when you were doing your nine to five. What were you, what kind of roles were you in and what did you end up going out on your own to do? Was it in the same line of work? Yeah,
0: good question. Um, So it's funny, like I studied my master's in communications and when I was doing that, I just did work experience everywhere in my hometown of Ballarat, which is regional Australia. Um, And so I was at the... just all different journalism things and pr things picked up different jobs i was doing some news reading i was doing some producing some um, i had a column in the paper and i really got my taste of having almost like running my own schedule having all these different um, contracts which was awesome one of the contracts um which was some social media management at the tourism body turned into a part-time job and turned into a full-time job and i think i was only there full-time for a year and it just i just, It was a struggle for me. I loved the job. I loved the people. But I think it was just already having the taste of kind of running my day, choosing what projects I wanted to take on. Um, So that role was a digital marketing role. And then I went out on my own in a similar role doing um, digital marketing strategy consulting for, for small business owners. I've always really loved working with small business owners. Yeah.
2: So did you go straight out of the gate of starting your own business to like, Leveraging the online membership and program or were you doing any service-based in between then as well?
0: Yeah, all service-based for about three years. Yeah, so I was lucky actually. One of the, um, or the first contract I got out of my, um, when I quit my job, it's funny, the lady rang up where I was working and she was like, we're looking for someone that can um, take on this events contract. It's about a three-month contract. Do you know anyone? I'm like, oh. (laughs) He's <laughs> so really good, and I'm a, I'm about to quit my job, so I resigned. And then I went for coffee with her. I said, "Look, I'm available." Um, so that was an events marketing contract. Um, yeah, it was all services. And then I had um, like great local business owners. I was doing some social media strategy, and then they would say, "Emily, can you do some branding?" I'm like, of course I could do branding. So I found a great graphic designer. She came on board and then people were like, Emily, can you do websites? Of course I could do websites. And so I started building websites. Um, so I really just said yes to everything, copywriting. Um, but I started getting asked kind of like the same questions and having almost the same consultations with small business owners. Even though their businesses were different, the struggles they were having and the solutions were really the same. And that's what got me thinking, like, this is, I'm just repeating myself here. And and what I loved um, is really the coaching and the teaching more so than delivering mm. a service or delivering a finished product for then the business owner to go away with. I had run some in-person workshops. So I took some Instagram um, workshops and I loved teaching them, even though I was like, so nervous going into them, <laughs> but I loved being in them. Um, So, yeah. And and from like pretty early on in business, if I look back in like notebooks, I was writing out the idea of having an online program, but I just never thought that like it was something that I personally could do.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I think that's a tough question to figure out, you know, when is the right time to create an online program in a business? And I think for you, it was after diversifying in a lot of different directions and saying yes to things and experiencing. And then probably essentially realizing what you want to say no to, to figure yeah. out what you want to do in, in future. But for other businesses out there, are there any mm. tips or is there any kind of formula to knowing when it is the right time to create an online yeah. program? Yeah, absolutely. So I have I have a bit
0: of an opinion that I think we should have enough revenue coming in from client work because having an online program building an online program can often take a bit of time to get the momentum and for people that are going straight from like zero income to an online program I think that can like it can put a lot of pressure on you but also I think we can learn so much from working with clients and so I encourage my students like first of all I'm going to teach them how to get clients and then I'll teach you how to create an online program because then you've really intimately known the challenges, the problems, how to solve them to then take it into a more scalable model with an online program. Um, For me, it was looking at my business. And this is what I see with quite a lot of people too. You've kind of created something and it's what you thought you wanted. It was like the dream, yeah? But then you're like, there's something more for me. And that that was with me. I'd created a great business, but looking forward, I wasn't excited to grow it. And I wanted to have what felt like a bit more flexibility, um, a bit more ownership of my own hours. I wanted to... And I actually, what I did was I created a spreadsheet and I put in all of my different services that I was offering, which is like 20 different things. (laughs) And I went through and I actually marked uh, the percentage of revenue they bring into my business. But also, more importantly for me, was recognizing which of those like I enjoyed the most. And when I did that activity, I realized that was when the teaching, the coaching, the workshops was what I really, really loved. And so that's why I thought, right, that's what I got to do. Even though it kind of makes zero sense to basically change my whole business from an outside perspective. It's like, what the hell are you doing? You're almost starting from scratch. But to me, I just, it's just what I had to do to to kind of be happy with the business I'd built. It got me to a certain stage and then, yeah, that's it was a new really direction. good tactic.
2: Really, really good. Because not only are you looking at it for what it is, you're also like, what makes me happy and what do I love to do? You know, Gina and I talk about this all the time of like, really where energy goes, energy flows. And if you are in a really good groove and you're like totally in your zone yeah. of genius, we really believe that that's where you should be. Like so often, yeah. time doing things we don't want to do. And we're like, what are we doing here? I, I don't know, know.
1: Why?
0: why? Where's the joy in this? <laughs> <Exactly. No. laughs> and that's the thing, like, because we're we're the owner of our business. And I was like, Emily, this is so stupid. I've got this business. It was my choice to create a business, but I'm not fully happy. Like, this is just ridiculous. you got to, I'm the one that's got to change something here. But a lot yeah. of
1: people are really fearful of, uh, there's that sunk cost fallacy of investing yeah. so much of your time into everything. And people are afraid to move away when they've invested so much. But in actual fact, if you actually let go of that and Mm. find your new joy, find your new path and be okay without the guilt, Mm. you often open a whole new opportunity and a whole new door of uh, amazingness behind that door. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, absolutely absolutely there.
2: Okay. I want to take it back one second, just to differentiate the two different kind of types, I guess, of online. Yeah sectors. Like we have our programs and then we have memberships. So can you tell us what the difference is between those two?
0: Yeah. So, um, so a course is generally something that has a start and an end date. It's got a fixed container of content in there. And often students will go through kind of, and it's a finite period. Then a membership traditionally is something that people subscribe to each month, and there might be new content or new coaching, um, opportunities available each month. So that's kind of the simpler way, but having said that, things are kind of changing and there's blurred boundaries between the two. A lot of programs that I'm in and even the program, my program now, it's been through different iterations over time, but it's really a hybrid model. And so, um, what that means is that people might join, they might have a year access, they can access the content, but there's also every month over that year, the coaching, the community side of things and everything. And then once that year's up, people can choose to stay on after that. So it's kind of like a blend of the two. And also it depends on the way that you're selling your program. So if you're doing just launches for your online course, for instance, then it is generally gonna be the finite period. So you might launch it, run it for six weeks, and then in a few months time launch it again. But the hybrid kind of thing is you might do launches plus have an evergreen funnel in place, which means that students can join like every day. which is, I love, it's like, let's let's sell every day. That's great. Which means that you're kind of having new people coming in all the time, which is why it becomes a bit more of a hybrid model is that there's not necessarily everyone starting and finishing at the same point, which is when you might want to look at, okay, well, maybe it's a, a year access or six months access or just something like that, if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. I'm happy to answer questions about that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I want to know though, when you've, when you've just said like six weeks and you've got a year access and things like that, <laughs> for a lot of time, that's, you know, lots of programs and courses and memberships can vary in different lengths. How do you foster and continue to foster that, you know, want for that desire for that community as well, the community aspects yeah. for especially longer courses, um, prop memberships as well? You know, there's so many, yeah. there's so much noise out there that demanding your yeah. monthly membership in in all different directions. So how can we, yeah. if we are creators of this, foster that continuation and desire for our clients? Yeah absolutely
0: it's such a good question and i love this area which is um kind of the retention and the engagement side of things there's different ways that we can do this like a massive part of it is just actually the community and i believe like us as the the course owner we are the role model and we show the community how to how to like how we expect them to behave and everything um so it's it's really on us to be the leader the way that we answer questions the way that we connect those different members together um then there's like specific things we can do like um doing group calls where everyone can come together as well. Everyone can see each other. Um, You can also do, if you can, some live events can be awesome to bring people together in person or do kind of just virtual casual um, catch-ups as well. Then, like, the reason for people to keep staying is because they've built this community in there but also you can uh, have content and types of things that comes out in the future. So for me, with my program, it's about marketing and there's always new developments in marketing. oh God, it's endless. So I always have new masterclasses that are coming out that I think are gonna be relevant and helpful for my students. So that gives them a reason to say, well, I wanna stay around because I know that these masterclasses are gonna be coming out as well. So it's about that. And it's also about, I believe, people's identity and what they want to be a part of. And so an online program that is really, really powerful is more than just the, um, the topic that it's about, but it's really about like, who are we as a community and what do we stand for and what is the common vision or goal that we're working towards? And I don't think that comes right at the start, but it kind of develops over time as, as we grow as leaders and as our communities grow and we can all band around a kind of shared mission that we're working on together and people don't want to leave that.
1: Do you have community managers in place as well? So do you have a Facebook group attached to your courses and how much do you join in as the leader? Because obviously there's a time time spent is also a cost, so to speak, as the leader of that program. So you you can't be hanging out in Facebook land 24 seven because you have other things to do. So how can you balance how much of you do they, do you get to show versus a community manager or however?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Such a good question. It's funny because before I launched my membership, I, I, I was scared to do it for lots of different reasons, but one of them was around, um, I just thought, oh, my God, people are just going to be asking me questions all day. That's going to be exhausting and really overwhelming. And like, how am I ever going to keep up launch the membership? And I'm like, where's all the questions? You guys have access to me. Are you going to ask me anything? And um, so it's kind of surprising. I think it's less than what we might think from the outset. In terms of today, like we have several hundred members, I have kind of a community manager, she's just started, she just helps if someone can't find something. Um, But what I found is that, and this is what I recommend and tell my students. So at the start, when someone would ask a question, I'd be like, oh my God, amazing. I'm going to get in there and answer straight away. But what I've realized is that by me, not just like being first to answer, it actually allows the community to be a community. It allows other people to feel like they can respond as well. And it's not just Emily that's always got the right, perfect answer, because I certainly don't. Um, so when, so now, like if I see a post in the group, before I get to it, there's often several comments, suggestions, support from the other community members. Um, so I find that, yeah, pretty amazing. And then there's also things you can do as well. Um, so it, it like a big lesson for me was around boundaries. And I'm sure you ladies maybe have found this, is that the online space, it's like, oh, my God, I'm getting Instagram messages, Facebook messages on the page, on the profile, emails. Um, so I also have had to work on my boundaries and also just letting the community know this is where you reach out in the Facebook group or via the support email. I'm not going to give you coaching via Instagram DM or, or these different things. Otherwise, it can you, like we really need to train um and show people how to how to work with us and how to respect us and it's actually kind to them because then they know where kind of the boundaries are as well but I think that can help to be like right this is where you go for support this is where you go to ask questions um and if you want to you could say these are the days I'm available in the group but I'm pretty um I just go with the flow a bit with my work and when I'm feeling good and, um, on a roll, then I'll go in there and maybe answer a few all at once.
2: That's really great to establish those boundaries. Like you said, you need to show people how to work with you and how to, you know, engage with you because otherwise it's just too much of a gray area. And I think everyone feels better with some, some guidelines in place, you know, some rules. Okay. So someone's ready to create their course. They're like, you know what, I'm I'm teetering on this idea. I hear all the experts talking about starting courses <laughs> and having this other area of income, but then they get stopped in their tracks because then they're like, yeah. what do I know about this? And who am I to do this? I would say, I'm sure you've probably seen it like imposter syndrome through the roof being the biggest limiting factor for a lot of people getting this together. And like, oh, there's so many online courses out there. Like, why should I do one kind of thing? So let's chat to that. What are your thoughts around that? And how could you get someone out of that imposter syndrome and into feeling super empowered to start a course?
0: Well, I can speak from personal experience. You asked me earlier what my favorite coffee or what my favorite drink was. And I'm like a long black because I just like to take action. And so for me, with my own program, I launched it. I had the students enroll and then I felt the imposter syndrome. It didn't come so much before that it stopped me taking action, (laughs) but it came afterwards because then I'm like, oh, my God, these people are in my program. Uh, Do I actually know anything? Are they going to be like, what is this? Emily doesn't know anything. but what I found was seeing the students having the wins and, and the feedback and seeing some results, then it reassured me, which is terrible. I think it's such a, I kind of think it's a thing that us as women struggle with more and we shouldn't, but it did reassure me that, okay, no, nah, this is good. I know what I'm talking about. I can get people results. For the people that more so the, um, the fear stops them in the first place, well, there's a few things around that. I think you've got to look at For me, it's always been around, I don't wanna look back and have regrets. So at some stage we've gotta decide, are we going to work through that fear and feel it anyway and do it? And also something that I always do is launch something. And I think you ladies might do this too, is launch something and then create it fully. Because we can spend a lot of time thinking we're being productive, but we're actually just putting off doing the scary stuff. So we think we're being productive, creating our courses, laying out the modules, filming the videos, doing the worksheets like that's great, but you've got to get you've got to launch it. And so for me, like with my programs, um, with my retreats, with my events, I'll always put it out there and actually see what the interest is. Then if, if people aren't interested, I'll tweak it. I'll speak to them but I haven't invested a whole lot of time in creating something that people didn't really want or didn't resonate with them. And also when people join your program, you then really get to see how they move through it and you can kind of tweak and create it for them as well. You totally hit it
2: on the head there when you said
0: like, you don't want to have any regrets. And that was me,
2: like this idea for releasing my own course literally has been around for a (laughs) few years. And I'm like, finally to hit the, you know, live button and be like we're doing this. I just did not want to regret not doing it. Even if it was a total flop, like at least I got it out there, you know? And it definitely wasn't a flop, but it was like, yeah, I never wanted to have that regret or or holding myself back from achieving yeah. big things and I think that's sometimes that real talk that you need to have with yourself or with a friend and be like I'm giving you some tough love here, but let's get real with those goals. So, and then when you're saying the thing about create, not spending all the time creating all the things, I'm looking at Gina because I'm going through a whole redo of her program. She's like, got to get the video
1: editor in and the lighting and the this and the that. I mean,
2: i'll let you i'll let you speak okay.
1: i mean i just think i um one of the weeks modules i just laughed with rochelle before i was like do you know why this one has taken me a week to do and and she's like why what like one week's ebook out of 16 because there's twenty five thousand words in this ebook i was like oh my god this is why i want to say everything five 000's my perfectionist nature I cannot miss a thing they need to know it all and so Do I- you know what
0: though Gina like what I found is when I created the courses um I'd be like right the this module's coming out in a fortnight then after that the next fortnight or whatever the next module and it gave me like the deadline. To I know, just get it done. I so know. it was so good because I'm I, way yeah, behind otherwise- the deadline. <laughs> but once you've got students in totally. there, it's like totally. oh, they're waiting for it. So I've got to deliver them something and it's probably going to be your 90%. It's going mm-hmm. to be way more than they even need because we're such over deliverers. We we want to give and we do give probably way more content and 100%. trainings that people actually can digest. And that's something I learned running out that rolling out the programs. I'm like, okay, wow, that I can see now that what, what I gave them was probably enough like way too much. Let's simplify it. it
1: I I think there's going to be so many iterations when you do the course. Uh, And I really resonate with what you said about, you know, launching and trialing things before and putting it out there. I spent a year, a year before I even started any of my mini courses, giving free challenges Mm. to see what was resonating and what wasn't. And uh, I did one every month and that formed essentially the course program that I did because I realized what was working, what did they enjoy, what they didn't enjoy. So that's one camp. But then there is the other camp, I guess, of people going, oh, there's no way. And I think Rochelle sits in the camp of there's no way that I can launch anything before it's done. So, where do you? Yeah, and I will just <laughs> Michelle going there to, to back myself up. I also run an
2: agency and have a team, and have a really high demanding client that is in the online space as well, who was coming out with the program this year that I had to support. So, the, the reason why I yeah didn't yeah. do that was because I could not have given myself that pressure and stress. So, I yeah. uh, let me just back myself up by saying <laughs> I know, I know. be realistic with what you're taking on, and it's totally you do it like at least it's still got done.
0: Yeah. And some I, people it's too stressful for them. I know that some of my students, because they are, they might, yeah, they've got a lot, a lot of other things happening and it's, it just feels more stressful for them, which is totally cool. But for those of us that we kind of love a bit of that uh, <laughs> adrenaline to get stuff done, it's great.
1: Okay. Well, let's talk about if someone is listening out there and has decided after hearing this, they're like, yes, I am destined to create a course. This is totally for me. What would be the very first step you think they should take or three steps? However many few first steps they need to (laughs) take to get them a bit closer to actually starting their course. Yeah,
0: cool. So
1: I like to look at what is
0: the A to the B? In your program. So where are students starting? Where are you taking them? And map out the milestones in between. And remember that like it can just be A to B, it doesn't have to be all the way to Z. Like it's just you don't have to teach them every single thing you know. Just identify what the problem is that your students have. Gina's laughing. Yeah, are you yeah, teaching yeah. them every single thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, so figure that out. And then what I would do is like we got to build our audience and our and our list as well. So like Before we launch the program. And it doesn't have to be a lot of people that we have in our audience, but you've got to have some people. So looking at um, maybe you've got a lead magnet that you can start promoting, start building your email list, um, kind of discussing, sharing things with your, with your audience. And even as you map out and start creating a little bit of your program, sharing that on your social media to get people interested and excited is really, really good. Um, The other thing is that when we do our first launch, it's different ways of looking at it but for me and the way that i approach it it's like it's just your first launch it doesn't have to like we put so much pressure on ourselves i think so much expectation we see other people have like massive launches and it, it becomes pretty terrifying so i just want people to know like it's just your first launch and for when it is your first launch like it's a great tester like get some people in the program Roll it out with them in there, learn from them and then relaunch again and then launch again and again and again. And that's where you build that momentum. So just knowing like you just got to get it out there, get some students in there, give them an amazing experience. You'll learn a heap and then just keep launching after that.
2: That's a great piece of advice. And knowing that you've done this a few times, what would you say is your biggest takeaway from having done this, your own personal experience, maybe something you didn't expect that went super well or something that did not go as planned. What are some insights from your experience launching a program?
0: Mm, mm, good question. Who Launching. Um, I definitely think like my first launch. So I, I was like, I'm going to get a hundred people. I don't know why. I just thought, Oh, I'll have, I'll have a hundred people. That'd be amazing. And I got like 30. So I was dead. I was just like, what have I done? I'm such a failure. This is terrible. But then I, I understood the stat around you'll probably get 5% of your email list, which I got. So <laughs> I just had no idea about stats. So that's why I say to people like it, but, It's just not, and this is why I think you asked about my superpower is just to keep going. Like if I look back and called that a flop and oh, well, I'm not meant to have an online program, like I then I wouldn't and I wouldn't have kept going. But just to know, like if you have that vision and you have that desire and you have that drive to keep going, you there's no limits to what we can create. And you're gonna have setbacks, you're gonna have failures, you're gonna have disappointments, but it doesn't have anything to it doesn't really dictate what what you can achieve and what your potential is yeah Mm.
1: i just thought of a question in regards to they've decided they're building their list then they want to go to uh decide whether it should be a live course so you follow along six week it's going to launch august 15th and then finish x date or like you said before now it's in this you've got this evergreen kind of hybrid is there a right or wrong, pros and cons in relation to running which way to go or should yep. that evolve into something? What's the ultimate or is there Great,
0: Great question. I would recommend running it live first because you kind of want to be there alongside your students as they work through it and and really kind of learn and understand how it's going for them, what bits maybe are confusing, what's taking them longer. Do lots of surveys, do lots of feedback. Like you're the student in your program as well. Just you're learning from your students. Um, So I would recommend running it live um, several times before you then look at Evergreen. you also want to be testing out your launch and see how your launches go what converts what messaging what uh, i like to do webinars um there's many there's challenges mini mini series that type of thing um but you also want to understand like what really resonates and what really converts before then you look at putting that into an automated funnel uh does that help oh, totally because yeah, i think
1: a lot yeah. of people ask you know they get concerned with the amount of time live launches and live yeah. courses will, will take out of their schedule. And if you're someone like Rochelle who runs an agency and all sorts of things, yeah. and you've got multiple services still on offer versus evergreen, but I love the fact that you've shared, it's so important to actually be the student yourself and see yeah. what, what works. Cause I think we often think it's not a set and forget, there's going to be yeah. constant iterations of what you're teaching. And I think that's yes. how you become a better coach, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, I I prefer to iterate my programs. I only have two programs, really. One is the main one. Um, I prefer to iterate them and grow them versus launch more Additional programs. Mm,
1: mm. Yeah. Keep it exactly. simple and just keep improving and growing. Yep. I think I got to take the, the keep it simple approach. <laughs> 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 okay, guys, not every ebook week of my week is 25,000 words. I've prefaced that, but yes. That's That's thesis. Yeah.
2: But it's ebook, probably could have been a mini course.
1: Honestly. Honestly. Well, and I think, well, you never know because I could pull out some things and create a little mini taste tester, and then that could be my lead magnet. So, you know, it's all part of it. It's all part of it.
0: Exactly. It's like here, you want like a little bit of this, you get a 25,000 word (laughs) version if you join. (laughs) That
2: becomes the selling feature. Well, look, I think it's really important to know that there are so many different facets of bringing a different extension of your business in that online space. And Mm. to kind of debunk the thought of like, there's so many courses out there. Like, why should I start one? I don't see that online education going away anytime soon. And I, I feel, I feel like both of you would agree. Is there any last parting words to leave someone with like the encouragement to just get out and, and do it and keep going like you're
0: like your superpower? <laughs> Absolutely. And you're right. Like there are so many online programs out there, but people, Are going to connect with Gina people are going to connect with Rochelle people are going to connect with me or not connect with me and so just know that and know that like the more that we can just show ourselves that's what's really going to attract people into our ecosystem into our programs that's the only thing really that we have unique um and I just think like it's such a it's such an amazing opportunity for us like I love having online programs it it, provides me with the lifestyle that I want but I it just provides me so much fulfillment and I just love my students um so if anyone feels that calling to do it you gotta just get over all the all the mindset stuff like I really think it's it really isn't <laughs> so much mindset stuff with online programs but um just know that you can do it
1: I love that and I think what you just said people by people yeah and I love that you just said you know where ourselves, our individual personalities are actually the only unique thing we have. I mean, what I'm teaching or what Rochelle's teaching or what you're teaching might be delivered in a hundred million different ways. It's not necessarily new information, so to speak. We get the same downloads from Google as everybody else, but it's the way you're (laughs) disseminating it and people are buying into your personality. And I think that's a really great reminder, not just to myself, Rochelle, whoever's Mm -hmm. listening out there. It's really important to just to emphasize that You don't have to deliver unique, like no one knows this content Mm. and that's the only way you can release a course. It's actually how you deliver it and people will hear you because of you well said <laughs> just reiterating what you said <laughs> oh thank you so so much this has been incredibly practical and tactical but hopefully also empowering for people because I think part of, a lot of the a lot of getting out of your own way is about your mindset and your li- limiting beliefs and knowing that you are uniquely you essentially mm-hmm. is a really important part of it okay we have one final question that we love to ask our guests and. It's essentially just what would you tell your younger self in Mm. business and in soul what's one piece of advice you would tell her
0: yeah oh i love that question um i would tell my younger self that to believe in myself more uh yeah definitely because i had i like i had different experiences and I lost my own confidence and my own belief in my own abilities and my own ideas as a as a marketer, as a creative, and then gave a lot of power to what I saw other people doing and thought they know the way, they must know the way and realizing no one bloody knows what they're doing. So let's just stick with our own ideas and, and just know that like they're legitimate and they're amazing. So that's what I would say to my younger self and to other people as well.
1: Love that. It's always good to
2: reflect on those. Always. It's like going back in your journal and reading pages you wrote like (laughs) last, you know, a month ago or a year ago. And you're like, dang, past." me. I know. I'm like, oh, not bad. (laughs) (laughs) We're thinking like where you were going with that one. Gosh. And thank you. So I'm like, we're first, we're like performing now. (laughs) Emily, thank you so much for sharing all of this great stuff with us. I really feel like that's going to really up someone's game, diving into that online space, because I think we're in this age where we really have the ability to do so much more than what we might've been able to do even five years ago. So it's really taking that opportunity.
0: And two things as well for the listeners is have fun with it. Cause it, it can be so much fun if you get rid of, you know, stressful and and scary, but have fun with it. And also just set a date, like just be like, right this is the date I'm going to launch it. This is the date and tell your audience because then you'll make it happen. And
2: yeah. that's how that's making
0: like, it happen. Exactly. Now, any last little
2: bits to share with our listeners on where they can find you, where you hang out online,
0: give us the goods. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, People can find my podcast. It's called The Emily Osmond Show. You can check that one out. I have interviews every week and uh, some solo episodes, um, just sharing tips, advice, thoughts, downloads, and uh, on Instagram at Emily Osmond. And I'd love anyone that listened, like take a screenshot
1: as you're listening right now and tag of us that would be awesome yes thank you so much for all the amazing golden gems that you shared with us today it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on our show and i can't wait to follow along your journey so much more
2: likewise thank you thank Thank you. you until next time bye for now bye for now
0: This episode is brought to you by my free online masterclass, why your marketing isn't making you sales and what to do about it. You'll learn how to get heard and seen in this noisy online world and stop being invisible, how to fill your audience with the right people, people who will love your content and will actually buy your products, services or programs, and how to consistently turn your followers into raving customers, without being fake or salesy. This free masterclass is perfect if you're about to launch your business or you're a small business owner. Register now at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. That's emilyosmond.com forward slash free. And remember, until next time, connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.